For a few moments, turn with me to the book of Numbers, the 13th chapter. Numbers chapter 13. And I am going to begin reading with verse 1. I'll read three verses and then skip down to verse number 26. Numbers chapter 13. I'm sure that you are familiar if you don't recognize it when I begin reading you will recognize the portion of scripture that God has directed us to tonight and it reads like this and the Lord spake unto Moses saying send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan which I give unto the children of Israel of every tribe of their fathers shall you send a man every one a ruler among them. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran, and all these men were heads of the children of Israel. Verse 26, And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of of Paran to Kadesh, and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came into the land whither thou sendest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, The people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. Moreover, we saw the children of Anak there, and the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people, before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched into or unto the children of Israel, saying, The Lord, or the land through which we have gone to search it, is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which came, or which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight, as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Chapter 14 said, And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And everybody said, Amen. My subject tonight is in the form of a question. That question is, What? Do you want to be remembered for? And everybody said amen again. God bless you. You may be seated. 
I believe tonight that God has a divine purpose for our life. I do not believe that we are here by accident. I do not believe that we are accidents. I believe that all of us have a divine marking upon us. If God had not so willed, we would none of us be here right now. But God has a purpose for our lives, and it is important that I understand that. I said it this morning, and I say it again tonight. If I did not believe that God had a divine purpose for my life, I would close my Bible and go home. I would quit wasting your time and your energy. But I am convinced tonight, more than I have ever been convinced, that God has a divine plan and He has a divine purpose for me. And it is for the hour in which I now live. I understand that there are times that we are brought in life into situations that challenge us. And what we do in such times is critical for eternity. When God sent these men that had been chosen as heads of their people, when He sent them into this land of promise to spy it out and to show them what He had prepared for them, little did they realize how their perspective of what they saw was going to affect their destiny and the destiny of others around them. The Bible says that when they went into that land, they found it to be everything that God had promised them. But there were things that God didn't tell them about that land. Is it all right for God to not tell us everything about life and that we should be able to trust Him that if He could get us to where we are, He can take us to where we need to be? Amen. If God could work a work and bring them out of Egyptian bondage, out from under 400 years of slavery, and bring them through a miraculous deliverance through the Red Sea, and then provide for them these days and weeks. And now here they are at the brink of the promised land. If something comes up that you are not prepared for, don't let it throw you off, and don't let it knock you off of what God has called you to do. If God has brought you here, God can keep you and He can take you through. But when these men came into that land and they began to spy it out, they saw more than they bargained for. And their perspective of what they saw affected their lives and the lives of others around them. I see how... The words of these men affected a generation of people. How powerful it was to affect not only themselves, but others that were around them. 
It is so important for me as an individual to make sure to know the people that I hang around with, that they are not going to take me in a direction that God doesn't want me to go. And you need to be careful what you say in life and about life because what you say about life can often mark your destiny and the destiny of others. You need to be careful what you talk about to your friends and those that are around you because what you talk about can affect them for eternity. And so it was for these who came back. Ten of them came back with a fearful report. Ten of them came back with fear gripping their heart and mind. Two of them said, we're well able. Ten said, we are not able. They would come back with opposing viewpoints of what was before them. Two men, one writer said, looked out of prison bars. One saw mud and the other saw stars. What you see is dependent on what you're looking for. And these men failed to realize that what they saw was not going to affect just them, but others that were around them. And their outlook on life would affect eventually their inlook, and they would compare themselves to grasshoppers. We are unable. Sometimes we define life by what we say. And we are defining life by what we do even tonight. Whether you realize it or not, you are leaving a legacy. Some of you are writing that. Let me rephrase that. All of us are writing that legacy tonight. And you are leaving a legacy for others to follow by every action and by every deed and by every decision and by every choice and by every word. Influences are made that will last forever. My question tonight is, what do you want to be remembered for? What do you want to be remembered for? Fearful or faithful? Consistent or inconsistent? An encourager or a discourager? A believer or an unbeliever? There was a negative perspective that came there into that camp that day. It was fearful. It was pessimistic. They were doubting. They even began complaining. They questioned God and His divine purpose. And ultimately they became quitters. I want to ask you tonight. Is that the kind of legacy that you want to leave your church or your family? Do you want to be known as a pessimist or someone who is always negative about everything that goes on in church or about church? Do you want to be known as a complainer or a doubter or fearful or a quitter? I tell you tonight, nay and never I don't want to be known as a quitter or a complainer. I want to be known as a man of faith. I want to be known as a man who says that we are well able. 
that God would not have brought us here if he could not take us there. That God would not bring us to this hour if we were not able to take this hour. My question again to you tonight is, what do you want to be remembered for? Every time you come to church, you're writing a legacy. Amen. When people pray, they're writing a legacy. When they don't pray, they're writing a legacy. When you worship, you're writing a legacy. And when you don't worship, you're writing a legacy. Amen. When you're challenged and you withdraw, you're writing a legacy. When you're challenged and you step forward and say, you know what? I'm not able, but the God in me is able. And I believe we can do this. You're writing a legacy. I want to know what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? Little did those men realize the impact that their words would have on not only their lives, but others around them by their negative report. And little do you realize how you influence those around you. Oh God, would you help me to raise up a people of faith tonight? Will you help me to raise up some can-doers and will-doers in this hour? God, will you help me to raise up people that say, Brother Hughes, we're ready. Whatever God's calling us to do, let's stand up and do it. Let's take God's Word and run with it. Let's do what God has called us to do. God has brought us here for a great purpose. And I want to see that purpose come to pass. Everybody knows that there's always somebody that's going to rain on your parade. Well, you know what I learned? I learned it's good to have an umbrella handy. Amen. I'm not going to let them take away my joy and my belief. I got an email the other day from one of our members, and they were telling me about a dream that they had the other night. They said, Brother Hughes, in my dream, I looked to my left and I saw people everywhere. Everywhere. All the pews to my left were completely jammed with people. And I didn't recognize one of them. I looked to my right and I saw people packed in every pew. Every place was filled. I did not recognize them. I believe that God is about to do great things for Greater Life Church. That's the kind of legacy that I want around this place. I don't care what you don't believe. What I want to know is what do you believe? And I believe the report of the Lord. I believe that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I believe that 21 years ago, God gave us this property, not so we would take up space, but so we would be a light to this community. And people would drive by this place and know there's a place that can make a difference in their life. That place can change them for eternity. What kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? Fearful and a doubter and a quitter and a whiner and a complainer and a fault finder and a questioner and a pessimist? Or do you want to leave behind a will do, can do, 
shall do. We can do it, Brother Hughes. We can do it. Amen. Every time you come to church, you're writing a legacy. Even when you don't feel like it, you're writing a legacy. You know, it's amazing what little things can knock people out of church anymore. I, I'm shocked. I, I really, I'm telling you, over the last few months, I've been shocked at some of the things that's kept people out of church that in times past would never have kept them out of church. But it's the times in which we live. We've been caught up in it. And we've been sucked into this vortex of swirling confusion of the hour. And we've let the world begin to dictate our priorities. I don't want that kind of legacy left. And what I'm doing here tonight is affecting somebody other than myself. I have a grandbaby that one of these days she's going to be on this platform singing. And I want her to know what it is to feel the power of God. Not because of somebody's talent, but because of a divine move of God's presence. I want her teaching a Sunday school class just like your children, your grandchildren are teaching a Sunday school class because somebody has taken the time to put down in them the Word of God, somebody writing a legacy. God brought us here. God's going to take us there. And we're not going to quit or give up until God has finished His work. I'm going to be faithful to my task. I'm going to be in my place of duty and responsibility. I'm going to give God my very best no matter what anybody else does. Because I believe that we are well able. I believe that God has brought us to this hour for this purpose. And I believe he has given us what it takes to make it through whatever it is that we're going to face. What kind of legacy are you going to leave behind? Amen. Is your life going to be known for what you don't do or what you do? Amen. Praise God. Are you going to be a prayer warrior, a worshiper? What happened to the intercessors? What happened to those people that used to fall on their knees before God and plead with God until heaven opened and the windows were opened and God poured out. What happened to those who got under the burden and they felt the weight of it and they prayed until God brought a deliverance? That's what this hour needs. We don't need professionalism. We don't need somebody with a better program. We don't need somebody with a better idea. We need to go back to an old-fashioned idea. And that is with a bended knee and a bowed head, begin to cry out to God, shake our city, shake our community, shake our family, wake up our children, bring revival, send an outpouring of your spirit, do miracles in our midst, God. Do wonders among us. Amen. What kind of legacy are you going to leave? And what do you want to be remembered for? Amen. Praise God. There's a lot of things that I have not given my kids in this life. And if they hold that against me, that's their problem. But what I do want to give them is a love for God and a love for this church. 
Amen. I'm not saying that I've done that, but I want to do that. I pray that that's your prayer. That you have made up in your mind that this is our finest hour. Amen. This is our finest hour. I don't believe God put the scrubs in at the end. I believe there's too much at stake for God to send in substitutes at this hour. I don't think God's got the B team on the floor right now. Amen. I believe this is the A team. I do. I I believe that. I I don't believe that we're scrubs. I don't believe that we're second-rate people. I believe that we can be the best and do the best that can be done because God's purpose is more important than my personality. Amen. Amen. God is going to do a great work in this hour. He said in the, in, in the evening time there shall be light. And I believe that's going to be the case. I believe it is the case right now. I believe that the last hour is going to be the greatest hour. You can talk about a falling away. If that's what you want to talk about, you talk about it. I want to talk about revival. That's the legacy I want. Amen. That's what I want to be remembered for. You can talk about what we can't do, what we're not doing. Why don't you talk about what we are doing? Amen. Praise God. Be a worshiper. Be a praiser. Be a prayerful person. And leave behind something that's worth leaving. Little did those men realize the word that they would say would affect so many people. And little do we realize how our lack of prayer or our lack of worship or our lack of commitment or faithfulness can affect others around us. Amen. When I look out around this church and I see all the children and I see the babies And I see our young people. I love what I saw tonight up here. Praise God. I I want that every service. Amen. I like sitting up here on the front. Praise God. I like the fact that they know what they're up here for too. They're not up here just to get in the way. They're up here to worship and be a part. You know what? That is what this is all about. And I've seen a lot of things change in my lifetime, but there's one thing that I refuse to change, and that is my hunger for a move of God in our service. And I want our kids to know what that is. I want our children. I I want our grandchildren. I want whatever God brings us in the future. I want them to know what it is to feel the power of God. And I want to write a legacy that will help them understand and know the power of God's presence. What are you known for? And what do you want to be known for? A quitter? A whiner? A crier? A complainer? Or a faith-filled, faithful man or woman of God? Consistent, worshiping, Giving, doing, going. God, help me to find my place and do what I can to make a difference. Let's stand together right now. Amen.